This is show 71 of the Cloth Diaper Podcast. Today I am joined with Katie from Jake's Diapers. Almost three years ago, I had this brilliant idea of starting a podcast. Not because I wanted to necessarily edit or had any skills in podcasting. I actually don't even listen to podcasts very much. But because I wanted an opportunity to talk directly with cloth diaper brands, retailers, and parents from around the world and learn from those stories. But I also really wanted there to be transparency in that and for other people in this community to also learn from those stories. So here we are, three years later, 72 shows later, over 35 guests who are representing cloth paper brands or retailers from around the world, and numerous parent stories. I'm so excited to be celebrating three years in July. I wish that I told you I had a plan, but as of right now, I do not have a plan, um, but I'm sure that it will come together. The Cloth Diaper Podcast continues to share stories from brands and retailers because it's still an incredibly important thing. The Cloth Diaper community is growing more than ever, and it is through this work and the work of so many content creators on the internet that we can continue to be who we are. I also want to put this out here. If you haven't already seen my posts, I am looking for regular contributors to the website. I can't do it all, and for years I've dreamed of having a contributor-based website, but I always was kind of waiting for that moment that I was making enough money that I could pay someone. But that moment of making enough money isn't coming, (laughs) Um, not without more help and support. The Cloth Diaper Podcast is a community space where I want to share as many different reviews, experiences, and stories as possible. I don't really want the cloth diaper internet existence to just be one perspective or just be outdated perspectives. And so I hope through bringing on contributors that we can continue to grow the space and become a leader in transparency and diversity of voices and diversity of experiences. If this is something that might interest you, please send me an email and I would love to make you be a regular contributor. I'd love to help you grow as a content creator, as a person on the internet, and to maybe find some opportunities for the cloth diaper community to participate in when it comes to advertising and sponsorships. I know that my websites, my space does have the power to earn sponsorships, but we're so niched and I don't have babies anymore that sometimes I'm not the right fit for that. So maybe with contributors, we can apply for those sponsorships and we can get those advertising dollars and we can help you earn money and we can help the space continue to grow and be a go-to reference that isn't just one person's opinion on the web, but a wide collective of experiences. That was a little bit of a tangent. Today's episode is with Katie from Jake's Diaper Network. I do feel this is a little bit of an awkward episode and I've edited a lot of things out just because... I totally was a space case on this day that I interviewed Katie. I don't really know why. You know what? Sometimes I think you get super intimidated by your guest, but your guest is just a person. And I definitely got super intimidated by Katie, and I felt like I was asking all the wrong questions. Um, But this is a great insight and overview of what Jake's is. It's going to be short and sweet and to the point, but I hope that you get some takeaways, you learn how to reach them, and you kind of understand what role they play in the community and how we can continue to support them going forward. Sure. I'm the program manager at Jake Cypers. I've been uh, employed by Jake Cypers for three years, volunteering for about eight. Oh, wow. Um, so Jake Cypers 
started as a diaper bank to, we were going to serve 15 babies in Peru with cloth diapers. And then we were going to be all done. And it was called Jake's Diapers because our executive director's name was, her son's name was Jake. Mm -hmm. um, and she used modern cloth diapers on him. And then we just exploded from there <laughs> into the huge diaper bank that has now served over I think we're at like 64,000 people. From 15 so. diapers to 64,000 diapers. And mm -hmm. when we chatted last time, you said that you just, you met, who's the owner, who's the founder of Jake's? What's her name? Stephanie Bowers. Stephanie Bowers at a conference? Um, I met her at a baby expo. Baby. So I was sewing and selling cloth diapers and she was across the aisle collecting diapers for babies in Peru. Mm -hmm. So we met up and started talking and I started working on some projects for her as a volunteer and it just kind of took off from there. What is your role at Jake's Diapers? That is what I'm... So my official title is a program manager. Um, basically what I do is I oversee our diaper programs. We have a variety of different programs now, not just our cloth diaper bank, but um, they have a national cloth network where we work with other diaper banks in the United States to help them get cloth diapers if they maybe don't have a person who's familiar with cloth diapers but still wants to offer that option to their clients. Mm -hmm. um, so then we can either pre-package kits and send them right to them so they can distribute them and they know that they're ready and they're good and they don't have to check them over or figure out how to wash them. Um, or if they have someone who's familiar with cloth, they can say, well, we have enough of this, but could you send us a hundred pocket diapers or something like that if they just need to supplement their own programming. Mm -hmm. um, we have a global cloth network, which is um, any of our partners outside of the United States. A lot of it is like inpatient care type facilities in poverty ridden areas um, or group homes for abandoned children, um, that kind of stuff. So you have two two kind of channels. You're supporting diaper banks locally within the United States and then supporting diaper need on an international level. And you're working with, um, are you usually work, are you working with bigger organizations or directly with? Smaller, smaller places, little nonprofits all over the world. Um, sometimes bigger organizations too will have like, we'll fill a trailer for them and they'll send it to all different places. Um, then we have an individual loan program too, where if somebody's in the United States, their local diaper bank doesn't offer cloth or they don't have a local diaper bank or they don't have the resources to get to the nearest diaper bank, they can apply directly to us for our individual loan program. Okay. And we'll send a kit of cloth diapers directly to their home. That's really great for people who are in rural areas or people who just don't have transportation to get somewhere else to get diapers. Yeah, that's fair. So there's three programs then I guess that would be that yeah. third one yeah, is the individual uh, yep. support to families. And so you said you 64,000 diapers over the last eight years. Is that what you said? Um, we've served 64, let me check my notes, 63,000 people oh, in a variety of programs. So we have wow. our cloth programs. Um, Locally, we also do some disposable diaper distributions. We also do period products locally and reusable period products globally. And then um, adult care items like incontinent supplies, okay. like briefs and bed pads and ladder pads and all that kind of stuff. That's uh, Wow, that's really kind of 
impressive. 63,000 people. And I think that I just got off the phone with Salem Cloth Project and I looked up the size of her county and that's every single person in Salem County (laughs) to be able to support with diapering or incontinence or period products is just um, such a wonderful legacy. I mean, you've been involved for a long time. So has Stephanie. What what is your guys's What's your feeling? Like, how does that make you, what do you think about what you've accomplished? Um, we're, we're kind of mind blown. We're like, we never thought this was going to be what it is today. And there's a whole nother side of the business that is kind of in the works as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that will help fund our diaper programming. So it's just like grown bigger than we could have ever <laughs> expected. Um, but we're glad, you know, the, more people we serve, the closer we get to ending diaper need, period mm-hmm. poverty, incontinence needs. Yeah, so many layers to um, supporting. Uh, I don't even want, I know Megan corrected me when I used the word hygiene last week. It's not hygiene, it's basic needs, right? So many different ways that you can uh, or that need to be supported with reusable, washable product. Um, so today you guys are a 501c nonprofit, correct? Yep. So that means you've got yep. a board of directors. Yep. Awesome. And uh, what else does that mean in terms of how your operate organization is operated? We have tax exempt status. Um, so anytime someone sends a donation to us, we can give them a receipt so they can write it off um, because it's a official. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know, just kind of, you know, the government makes sure we're doing what we say we're doing. Yeah. And, you know, I have to submit financial records and everything. So. Uh, where are you guys located? We are in Nina, Wisconsin. Sorry, where? Which is Nina, Wisconsin. Nina. And for people who don't know Wisconsin very well, <laughs> nope. the two big cities that we're in between are Milwaukee and Green Bay. So we're south of Green Bay and north of Milwaukee. Wow. Is uh, Nina a small town? It's fairly small, but the Fox Cities area is kind of a Nina, Menasha, Appleton is all this big area that... You say Fox Cities, people from Wisconsin know what you're talking about. <laughs> Where did the passion to go kind of international stem from, stem from and continue to go? I think I've talked to so many people who are focused on local diaper need, but you guys started off internationally. Do you know that kind of yep. story? Could you share it with I us? Um, so we, we started international and it, we were actually operating international a lot before we even considered like, oh, we have babies in our own backyard who need help too. Yeah. Um, so that started with our executive director was on a mission trip. She was in Peru in 2011. Okay. And she visited a child care facility that was caring for dead caregivers for 15 babies. And poverty there is like something we would never even experience here. So these caregivers were washing and reusing disposable diapers because they didn't have the money to cover food, water, rent, and diapers. So they were just doing the absolute best they can to make sure these babies were cared for because they loved them so much, but just didn't have all the resources they need. So that really stuck with Stephanie. Um, and then she went on, you know, she came home from her trip, got married, had a baby, used modern cloth diapers on him. His name is Jake. <laughs> He's not a baby anymore. And uh, so as he was starting to get older she's like oh we'll just start this little thing called jake's diapers and we'll get enough diapers for these babies in peru and then we'll be all done and it'll be 
which and um from there it was like oh you helped babies in Peru and now there's babies in Haiti who need help and there's youth in India who need help and there's babies in Africa who need help and there's babies everywhere right babies are everywhere and there's diaper need everywhere why was re-washing diapers something they were doing versus using cloth have they just been introduced to disposables and yeah I'm not exactly sure I think they didn't have the financial resources to even come up with cloth or maybe it was just easier when you're taking care of that many babies to try to yeah I I mean that's probably an entirely other tangent that deserves its entirely other research project is how in a place a facility that can't afford diapers long term ends up with disposable products and I feel like I already know the answer based on what happens with formula in Mm -hmm. um, some parts of the world getting pushed on parents. Uh, anyways, with, um, yeah, that's an interesting thing as we think about how we can support anybody in any sort of kind of global crisis is, is the products we're providing them going to support them long-term, I guess would be where that thought needs to go. I know in some of our partners I've talked to, not really for baby diapers as much, but for, um, older kids, a lot of our partners take care of kids who are going to have incontinence issues their whole life. Mm -hmm. Once it gets past baby size, they just can't find anything. Mm. I mean, that is a struggle even for um, parents in the United States. Sourcing mm-hmm. medical supplies for larger children can be a huge struggle, let alone if you are in another part of the world. And I could see how, are you providing both disposable and washable options to them then? Globally, we only provide cloth. Okay. For most of our clients, that's the the better option. It's like, you know permanent solution (laughs) the permanent Um, solution one exception we work with a care facility and I don't know when the last time we did this but um for a while we had been providing some micro preemie and preemie size diapers only because they couldn't get them in their country and they were serving a lot of really tiny Mm. babies I mean and that's kind of a weird exception too yeah that was our, our one and it was an area where um safety wise because of lack of clean water type stuff disposables were just the better option for those babies how do you make sure that what you're providing to a facility is the better option are you having what does that kind of look like for you guys um we we ask them what they they need um globally we do only offer cloth just because there are other places that they could get disposable but when we ship things overseas we want it to be worthwhile not just a one and done kind of thing so if cloth is the best option for them then great it would be okay. a great partner. we can help them with what they need and if they're like oh I really want disposables we're like well that's not that's us. Not- <laughs> um, we really only do disposable diapers locally to eastern Wisconsin gotcha and I guess you had already answered that question before I asked it. My other thought that I was going to have here was the big question that I think a lot of people, I see Jake's diapers recommended everywhere on the internet. People talk about you a lot because you guys are serving 63,000 families over the last eight years. That's a big impact. What's the best way that we can get involved to support Jake's? Is there specific products that you're looking for? What's the best way? How do you want the community to help you the most? Um, we love when people, they're like, okay, I'm all done diapering. My diapers are still in good shape. I want them 
you know, if they choose not to sell them, um, we love donations. We love donations of gently used cloth diapers. Our highest needs at the current moment are newborn sized cloth diapers and wipes. Oh, wipes. interesting. Um, so sometimes we have people who sew and they are like, oh, I can sew cloth wipes. That's great. We love that. <laughs> it really um, can be that simple, hey? Mm-hmm. newborn diapers and wipes because you guys are providing serve you're providing diapers we said individually internationally and distributing to other diaper banks when we had chatted you also last time we chatted you mentioned there was a need for simple diapers for flats and for covers does that yeah. still continue to be something that you guys are looking for most yeah. when supporting um, families we had a very big donation from Petite Crown oh, yes. not too long ago. So we're pretty good on flats right now. <laughs> I mean, Marie is wonderful. <laughs> we're, we're good on flats right now, but it is it is something we send just tons of everywhere. And we, we include them in our U.S. kits and we um, send them all over the world. So, oh, yeah. It's um, need. <laughs> is, is getting corporate donations from organization from other brands like Marie at Petite Crown or... Um, did a little helper help you? Maybe no. Maybe it was somebody else. But is, is getting bigger corporate donations from other brands something that you guys rely on a lot and look forward to the yes. most? <laughs> yes, we um, Nikki's diapers has been oh, supporting yes. us from the very beginning. Um, we work with. I'll probably forget to mention some if I try, but I know we work with Thirsties and Kanga Care and Blueberry and Super Undies. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's more. Uh, Happy Behinds just started donating to us. And those I'm kind sure of there's more than I'm forgetting, and I feel really bad for not saying that. <laughs> That's fair. There are, uh, as an individual, we can donate our diapers, and mm-hmm. brands donate diapers. Is there other ways that Jake's diapers need support through volunteers, through awareness, or is it only through product donations? Um, I mean, financial donations are great. Um, we do operate out of a warehouse. So okay. We do pay rent. Uh, just being honest, um, volunteer-wise, um, there's we don't have a lot of volunteer opportunities that are like outside of local volunteers, other than like maybe if you want to sew stuff and send it to us. Mm-hmm. Um, but local volunteers, we have you know the endless need for people to wash, mm-hmm. use diapers, and get them sanitized and ready to go. And we have. Um, tons of sorting to do when donations come in. I, I or if on the lucky day that I have someone who knows about cloth diapers, we'll go through and make sure you know, there's no holes in the PUL or the elastic isn't totally shot or, you know, and some get repaired and some were like perfect the way they are. And every once in a while you find one that you just look at it and you're like, oh, I don't think that's going to work. <laughs> it happens. Is there, so. so the diapers that we as the community are providing to you, there's probably a few things we should be considering before we send them to you. Hey? Yeah. The big thing is if the PUL or the TPU is shot, um, if it doesn't hold P anymore, it's not going to hold P for anyone else's baby either. <laughs> I think there's always this so, like big hope in the cloth diaper world that somebody yes. has figured out how to fix PUL, but we haven't. It's kind of just uh, like once it's done, unfortunately, it's kind of... I know some people use them as swim diapers, but we're currently drowning in swim diapers. So <laughs> It's okay. Uh, I know that the cloth diaper community, we are founded on a lot of environmental roots. It's okay to throw things away sometimes. Mm-hmm. 
I can imagine that might be a burden sometimes for some organizations if they get too many. It can be. Um, usually if a person has something like that and they, they don't want to throw it away, if you ask like your local thrift store, they're probably connected with a textile recycler. Um, so we do a lot of textile recycling. <laughs> That is a great reminder. I forgot about textile recycling. My local Salvation Army does textile recycling. So you can bring, you just like write crash on it and they will textile recycle it. Yep. Awesome. Thank you, Katie. That's like the big reminder for the day. I are not sending diapers that are going to leak through the PUL. It's probably your biggest right. one. Are you guys, you guys replace elastics then? We can. Uh, we tend to burn out volunteers on that pretty fast. They do about a tote of them and they're like, I don't ever want to do that again. Our <laughs> <laughs> local mom had told me that story too. Some brands are easier to replace than others, but we, we try to save as many of them as we can. Yeah. So I mean, or fix okay, snaps them. we can repair. No problem. We're good with snaps. Oh yeah. Snaps are, if you've got the tools, I don't have yes. a snap press. So every time I lose a snap, I kind of cry a little, but all you need is a snap <laughs> press. And you yes, are... we have three of the big ones. So we're good. We have one for snap removal, one for putting the one side on and one for, for putting the other one on. So those ones we can do. No awesome. problem. What about is hook and loop salvageable? Sometimes it depends how bad it is. Oh. <laughs> I feel um, like you're going to have to one day send me a picture of some really bad hook and loop just because I'm kind of nosy about what that actually looks like as I have never yeah. burnt out my own hook and loop. Yep. Sometimes it's like, is this one still in good enough shape to be worth the effort? Depends. Diapers just have a, a lifespan. It's okay I to do. admit that yep. they have a lifespan and that they are going to die. Um Yep. If you've got a whole set of cloth diapers and it lasted you through three kids, you've done great for oh, the environment. You've done Don't an worry amazing job. <laughs> How does Jake's Diapers support education-wise when they're providing diapers and provide that support? Um, so we have like a little um, sheet we put in our all of our kits that's, you know, basic how to care for cloth diapers, recommendations on how to wash them so that you don't have problems. And then we also have a Facebook group that is strictly for our clients so that they have a judgment-free zone. Everybody in there is someone who got their diapers for free from us and may or may not have any knowledge of cloth at all. So they can come there and be like, I got these things in my kit and I don't know what they are. I'm like, oh, those are flats and we'll show you how to fold them and how to use them and that kind of thing. So awesome. That's a really great way to provide some connection people and building on that community. Yeah, there are so many different types of diapers. I could see how that could easily get overwhelming very quick. What is something that Jake's Diapers looks forward to in the future? Do you guys have any big goals to achieve or that you want to achieve diaper wise we just want to keep going with mm -hmm. providing picking up more national cloth network partners we really want all diaper banks and we're kind of i'm working with a few other diaper banks that you've already talked to megan and um haley in this cloth coalition and we want to make a, a really easy like startup guide for diaper banks who aren't familiar with cloth but want to offer that option. It's really important to us to offer options because a lot of times when you're in poverty or even in like a temporary situation where you need help, uh, you don't get a lot of options. You go to the food bank and they're like, here you go, hope you like it. And uh, mm -hmm. having that like ability for a diaper bank to say, well, 
would you like 50 disposable diapers or would you like a cloth diaper kit that will last until your kid potty trains? And even if 95% of the people are like, I don't have the energy for cloth, I still want disposables. They're given choices and there's some dignity in the, you know, you can have this or you can have this, not this is what you get, take it or leave it. Uh, and the, the like increased awareness that cloth is even an option is, I mean, we're at a point where today it's maybe 95% shoes disposable, but next year, maybe that exposure rate has gone up and suddenly we have more families choosing disposable or cloth. And um, it's so cool listening to you talk about that international and making sure that they are set up for long-term success. And I, I heard that from... Kaylee at Salem Cloth Diaper Bank. And it's just that long-term, yeah, dignity almost like just to be able to know that you could do that long-term or have the support or even do it kind of hybrid-y style. You know, you take it today and you do it for a bit and you have a break and then you do it a bit again and it ebbs and flows and that's, I, yeah, we've even had partners um, we've worked with who work with families who mostly rely on diaper banks for their diapers. And we've made like half kits, like partial kits of cloth diapers. I think it was 12 changes for them because that was what she thought would work well. So that if one of her clients runs out of disposable diapers, it's two days until payday and she's already gotten what she can get from the diaper bank for the month. She has an option or they have an option to, okay, I, I, my baby's not going to go without diapers. I am going to have to wash cloth diapers and that's maybe not that family's first choice, but their baby is still clean and dry and healthy. <laughs> And that is the goal that we want to have. And I have connected with a few diaper services in the United States lately who do a hybrid model where they they offer diaper services as part of their diaper bank model. And that's, there's different ways that we can do that as communities based on people's capabilities and skill sets and how it comes together, which is also really kind of beautiful. There are diaper banks across the United States that are providing families with disposable diapers, correct? And so you're talking yep. about connecting with the National Diaper Bank. And one thing that cloth diaper parents could do is become that advocate within their disposable bank. Uh, yep. did, was it us that chatted about that when we had our... Maybe, Maybe, but I did write it in my notes but, because I was going yeah. to mention it too. <laughs> is that a lot of times, I think it was you who had said that these disposable diaper banks, they just don't have that skill set to be able to support cloth parents. And so there might already be something in somebody's backyard that just needs a little bit of yes. extra support. Yes, yeah. for sure. Because it's a whole new skill set. It's something we're not very familiar with. Uh, I'm so excited to see what comes out of this Cloth Diaper Coalition that y'all are kind of working on. I've been connecting more people with Megan to bring them in because there are other diaper banks. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just, it's so cool. Are you guys like one of the only ones doing outreach at an international and national level? Because the cloth option is only in the U.S., right? Yeah. To our knowledge, we're the only, um, well, we're the only member of the National Diaper Bank Network, at least, that we know of that is doing national and international. But most of the members of the network are mainly disposable diaper banks. Do disposable diaper banks work only at a local level or do are there disposable diaper banks that work nationally? They're usually local. So we're part of this organization. It's called the National the National Diaper Bank Network. Mm -hmm. And it's basically like a kind of group of diaper banks in the United States and 
shares ideas and that kind of stuff. Um, there's a big conference every year and we talk about diaper need and poverty and that kind of stuff and social equity and distribution in diapers and how to run a diaper bank and all that kind of stuff. It reinforces that there isn't really any national level programs to support diapers. Uh, really what we're seeing is just cloth. I mean, at, a, at an international, at a national level, there are cloth options. There's Jake's, there's the cloth option. And some of the smaller cloth diaper banks will ship if they get asked is my under, yeah, it's a huge disparity and lack of resources, mm-hmm. which I think we know. And it's just, it's sad to repeat it every time <laughs> that there is just this like huge disconnect and new and diapers or anything else super important that you felt that you did share as representative from Jake's diapers. Um, not anything I could think of really. I sometimes get a comment that you're really hard to get a hold of Katie. I am not hard to get a hold of. Jake's diapers in general is very hard to get a hold of because um, so for the longest time it was because the phone number on our website was our executive director and she could put her phone down for two hours and have 25 voicemails. So she is, she is very hard to get a hold of just because the amount of people trying to contact her. We now have a landline in our office. It is now working again. It was off and on working for a while and uh, we just got it working again and we had like 30 voicemails to get back to <laughs> um yes depending who you email it is very hard to get a hold of us or if you call someone it's also very hard to get a hold of us my number is not on the website <laughs> um so the office line that is now on our website is probably better if somebody is trying to get a hold of jake's diapers leave a voicemail you can leave a voicemail on our our landline office line yeah it's it's hard because it's just pretty much so there's two staff and then a few of our volunteers also have emails but it's just a matter of you know most of the emails go to our executive director and if she misses one and doesn't forward it on to me if it's something I'm supposed to handle then it kind of falls into the abyss of emails <laughs> I, and that's fair enough in recognizing that nonprofits are run by humans who are full of human error and often overwhelmed. Um, as a cloth diaper <laughs> blogger, I get like 12 emails a day. So I could see that different scales of projects um, and I guess giving some grace in that understanding of trying to get a hold of you guys. Um, sorry about that phone error. That sounds like a headache and a half. <laughs> Yeah, so calling is great because usually if you call that office number, you get a hold of our volunteer office manager, Cheryl, and she's fantastic to talk to, and she will get you all set up with what you need. Gotcha. Okay, so I will recommend that people give you a call if they're a brand looking to do a corporate donation, and I will spread that word to those DMs I got. Uh, (laughs) It was just like, maybe I'll ask her while she's here. It was such a privilege (laughs) to get to talk to you, Katie, uh, and learn what you guys are doing and how we can better support you guys and the incredible work that's going on. And you guys look like you're a growing team. Uh, you yes. said two staff members. We have currently, we have two paid staff and then a whole bunch of volunteers um, working on, I think we have two contracted, so they're not technically staff, but we pay them. Hey, that's like, that's an amazing step for a nonprofit to be able to get to the point where they can compensate their volunteers time uh, 
such and a goal. It's, it's important future. because it, it kind of creates a sense of like responsibility, you know, if a, a volunteer who is just, a, you know, I'm just going to pick paper orders, something better comes up. They may or may not come. That's their choice. But when you have a staff, you're like, okay, we have, a, we know that somebody will be available to staff the warehouse this day, this day, and this day. It's important to recognize people's time as being valuable, their skill sets as being important and provide, to be able to provide as a kind of a business is just, it's, Mm -hmm. I I often think we take advantage of nonprofits sometimes and feeling that they have to stay grassroots, but to be able to get to a point where you can, it ensures longevity of your organization and yes, yeah, such an invaluable such so valuable and i hope the best for everybody that i've chatted to this week that they can also get to this point where they can yes. pay their yes. their employees or their volunteers for the work that they do thank you i feel like i've taken a lot of your time um, oh you're fine but i am so glad to have <laughs> chatted with you katie and uh the world is excited to learn a little bit about jake's and if you have anything that you need of course let me know and i'm 